This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Solomon said in Proverbs 10 and verse 3 that the Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger. And we find in the New Covenant the promise that God will supply our needs for His people. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 8, If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. And in Philippians 4.19, he said, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And so I read those texts to emphasize the theme and really the word in that last text that we read from Philippians, the word needs, the word needs. Cable television is not a need. Satellite TV is not a need. The internet is not a need. We make good use of those things and they can serve our purposes and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But we have to understand that need, according to the New Testament, covers food and clothing. Right, And the promise is, is that God will not allow the righteous to hunger. Paul says, with these we shall be content. Right? So we may not have everything we want. There's a lot of luxuries in the world, and certainly we enjoy many of those. Generally speaking, you know, the average American has so much more than most of the world's population. You know, things that would be considered luxuries in other parts of the world are things we take for granted here. Um, you know, running hot water, uh, things as simple as refrigeration. You know, that, you know, if you have, you know, a roof over your head, a food in your refrigerator, and more than one set of clothes, I think you're wealthier than probably 70% of the world's population. But, uh, you know, we're, we're overrun with ads and commercials encouraging us to chase all kinds of products. And what's worse is that that kind of marketing usually promises happiness or, quote, worry-free living. If you buy whatever product or service you're, they're trying to sell you, people are trying to sell you. And we think about, you know, the that pitch, you know, worry-free, worry-free living. You know, that's that's a red flag. Talk about over-promising and under-delivering. Biblical wisdom calls us to be content with what we, we have. Nothing wrong with working to improve yourself or earning more revenue or increasing your earning power. But until then, we should be content with what we have. You know, how many of us have overextended ourselves financially because we weren't content? Right? We just we just keep accruing mountains of debt because we want more and more and more and we become anxious. And then there's marital strife. Uh, we don't give adequately, adequately back to um, the, the the church and the work of the Lord, or for those, who, or we don't have anything for those who are in need because we're, you know, running up the the bill for ourselves and our own pleasures. You know, all all other financial woes could be avoided if we would just learn to be content. I like this quote from Jeremiah Burroughs. He says, "Contentment works not by adding to our circumstances." but by subtracting from our desires. Contentment works not by adding to our circumstances, but by subtracting from our desires. And Solomon would agree. I think there's biblical wisdom behind that quote because of what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 11. When goods increase, 
those who eat them increase? And what gain has their owner but to see them with his eyes? Think about that point that he's saying there. You know, what what gain has the owner in getting more stuff, more more gain, other than just to see them with his own eyes? How how often do we get more stuff just to have more stuff? And what's the reward? We get to look at our stuff. So the Bible is pointing us a different direction over and over again. Be content. And Paul says in that same context of 1 Timothy 6, in verse 6, if you back up, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Right? So the world wants us to believe, no, you need more things. You need you know, a bigger house, a better car. You need X, Y, or Z, this service or product. And that is a great gain. When the reality is, you know, God God puts the truth before us that if we're if we love increase, we will never be satisfied with increase. That's that's the point that Solomon makes in Ecclesiastes five and verse ten. And just before saying the verse that we read, what gain has the owner? Verse eleven, what gain has the owner except to see them with his own eyes? And Christians are not immune to the call of materialism. Nobody is, and many. Many Christians have abandoned the faith to chase riches to the ruin of their own souls. And that's what Paul is saying in in 1 Timothy 6 and warning us about in verse 10. He says, Some, by longing for money, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So Solomon knows this all too well. He wrote earlier in Proverbs 28 and verse 20 that the person who has a strong desire to be rich will be tempted to sin. And he who makes haste to be rich will not go unpunished. There's all kinds of get-rich-quick schemes out there, and and not even things that are gimmicks, but um, the things that folks are trying to do, I think, in order to hasten their wealth, uh, decisions they're making in order to hasten their wealth that aren't in their best spiritual interest or in their family's best interest. For example, moving your family away from a sound, strong, spiritual, uh, a sound church, a church family, in order to gain more money somewhere else, where there where there is no, uh, where there is no sound church, where there where there are no other other Christians, and you know, I, I think you can make a biblical case and argue that that's that would be a poor decision spiritually because you and your family will suffer spiritually without that support group by God's design. He has given to his people in order to to encourage one another and build up one another. Uh, you know, sacrificing your uh, freedom and privacy for uh, you know of, of your own home in order to uh, use your current income to build up um, you know your savings or pay off debt, which are good goals, right? No doubt about that. You know, we can read time and time again in Proverbs uh, and, and and throughout the Bible warnings against debt and accruing interest and things like this. Uh, but we want to be careful that we don't make decisions, you know, in the interest of paying down debt that could be harmful to our family. Uh, that would basically re- where we as fathers relinquish our roles as the head of the household. Right. And we're not um, we, we, we because we're uh, living with grandparents or parents or we're living with other relatives or even a friend who's opened their their door. Uh, we need to be careful that uh, we're not trying so hard to hasten our wealth by paying down debt or, or 
you know, accumulating savings, that we are making decisions that aren't in the best interest spiritually for, for our family and for ourselves and that. Solomon says in Proverbs 28 and verse 22, a man with an evil eye hastens after wealth and does not know that want will come upon him. You know, so how many have pursued wealth at the expense, again, of their family or their either health, even uh, morality, God, they're trying to get rich by deceiving or defrauding others. And so there's, you know, sin compounded there. You know, we just, it's easy to forget that a righteous God sees all that we do. We need to be reminded of that and that we will be held accountable by him. You know, in, in ancient times, dishonest merchants would have two sets of weights. Uh, they would have a light and heavy set, basically, that they would use to their advantage, whether they were the buying or the selling party, right? So Solomon calls this out in Proverbs 20 and verse 10. He says, differing weights and differing measures, both of them are abominable to the Lord. So God judges those who deceive others by selling faulty products or using false advertising, Proverbs 21.6, the acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and the pursuit of death. God is not mocked. He never has been. And he's telling us, stop worrying so much and being eat up with material things and pursuing them total abandon instead of him. You know, God, God again, there's nothing wrong with having money or even being, being wealthy, a lot of wealthy Godly examples in Scripture like Abraham and Job and, and others. So the point is God wants us to earn wealth honorably through hard work, through hard work and, and diligence and in a way that does not sacrifice our love for, for Him. You know, we, we, we shouldn't want others or wait for others to provide for us. Proverbs 20 and verse 4, The slugger does not plow after the autumn, so he begs during the harvest and has nothing. So, we need to be diligent workers. None of this, you know, no, nothing that's been said previously in any of the passages that we've seen diminish, you know, the other biblical teaching, the, the truth that we need to be proactive and we need to be good providers for our households and, and, and work for an honorable living, you know, but we, and we shouldn't expect easy money or fall prey to those get rich quick schemes. Uh, that have duped so many because their heart's in the wrong place. They're, they're pursuing wealth uh, above righteousness. Proverbs 28 and verse 19 says, He who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty and plenty. You know, those who seek easy money are often impoverished in the process. You know, along these lines, we can, you know, be overly picky about jobs that we're going to accept, you know, because maybe we're looking for, a special kind of relevance in in our work. And the fact is, if you're a child of God, your relevance comes from that. And it doesn't matter what you do for a living, ultimately. It doesn't matter if you're a custodian. It doesn't matter uh, if you're a single mom and you're working three jobs or if you're a lawyer, teacher, whatever the case may be, your relevance does not come from what you do for a living. It comes from your faith and living by faith. And that's seen through whatever your vocation is. You know, the truth is not everyone is able to pursue his dream career or her dream career. And not everyone can hold out for a management position. You know, we'll end up dragging our families through much misery and poverty because we're just unwilling to face this reality. The scripture is telling us to establish a means of revenue, work while we can support our families and do what's necessary within the bounds 
of God's authority to provide for ourselves. And if that means sweeping streets, then so be it. But in doing so first, we'll be better able to take on other financial responsibilities. Proverbs 24 and verse 27, Prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. Then build your house. You see the order of priorities there. The enemy is hard at work attempting us to tempting us to abandon godliness for material gain. He hates honest and pure labor. He wants us to find no satisfaction in it, though God has said otherwise. You know, and gambling is one of the devil's devices to discourage and undermine a godly work ethic. You know, there's all kinds of lottery type games to be found in the world. Um, you know, there's they're, they're nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. And many times, well, in, in every case, they're, they're claiming to use proceeds for some good cause, usually, such as education. That's a popular one. But gambling is ungodly, it's unwise, and it's, it's sinful. It's motivated by a lust for riches and ultimately exploits those who, who lose the game or the wage or whatever the case may be. And I, you know, I say lose and, and, you know, from a human perspective, but no one really wins when people gamble, you know, only two things can happen when you gamble and both are bad. You may lose, which means you foolishly wasted your money or you may win quote, in which case you've defrauded others by taking their money without earning it. And so there are many accounts of those who have won the lottery and through folly wound up penniless and friendless. Proverbs 13.11 comes to mind. Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. And Proverbs 15, he who profits illicitly troubles his own house. If we're going to conduct ourselves wisely, according to the Bible standard, according to God's standard, the only one that matters, will the wise give a full day's labor for for a day's pay. And in business transactions, they're unwilling to take advantage of another's ignorance. That's another mark of those who conducting who conduct themselves righteously. Proverbs twenty and fourteen. Bad, bad says the buyer, but when he goes his way, then he boasts. So we in whatever transaction we're dealing with, we don't want to take advantage of someone else's ignorance, whether we're a buyer or a seller. And the wise who follow biblical wisdom. They don't hoard a commodity in order to drive the price up to extort more money from desperate buyers. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty six. The wise maintain their integrity because they know that God will ultimately judge them according to their deeds. Second Corinthians five ten. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be recompensed for the body, for the deeds done in the body, whether good or evil. And so, there's a lot of principles I know that we've gone through rapid fire today in regard to uh, financial wisdom and what Proverbs has to say about that and, and other scriptures. And do we keep these principles in mind as we go about our day, as we go about our day-to-day affairs and dealings, you know, as entrepreneurs, maybe as teachers, whatever our vocation may be, are, are we truly content, honest, hardworking people that God has called us to be? Are we looking for shortcuts? Are we trying to hasten our wealth at the expense of our families? spiritual well-being and our own spiritual well-being. You know what what good is it Jesus says if you gain the whole world but lose your soul. That's where my focus should be. That's where yours should be in in our 
consumerist society bombarded by ads and all sorts of marketing ploys day in and day out. It's, it's easy to forget that focus. I need to be reminded of it. And so do you. And thankfully we have the word of God preserved for us so that we can find this wisdom. I hope you'll pray about it and consider it. I'll do the same. Thank you for listening. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings.